How's it going? Zig coming in at the top of the interview. Today I have Taylor Lamborn, and this is actually the second um, second interview I've done with Taylor. So we kind of, uh, this interview is more like a segment show, like you would hear a, on a C-level special, and, uh, and an update of what Taylor's up to. Taylor's playing virtual show CLE, May 29th. She's also been um, doing some very cool social distance gigging, which we get into in the conversation. And um, she's got an album in the works, no release date yet, but we talk a little bit about that in the conversation as well. Um, I'm going to play a track from Taylor's second release. This is off Take Me, and the song is Work the Streets. Taylor Lamborn, Work the Streets, off of Take Me. Um, if you hear anything you like, if you can subscribe, rate, review the podcast on the podcast platform, Spotify and Apple. It helps us put our podcast where it needs to be so we can amplify the voices of the artists who are coming on to talk with us even louder. And here we go. Uh, Taylor Lamborn. <laughs> this is perfect. So, all right. The Zig at the Gig podcast. I'm hanging out with Taylor Lamborn. This is uh, actually, I believe, second time... We've done a podcast. Yeah. I don't. The last time was for my show at Negative Space. Yeah, yeah. And that, that was you organized. Yeah. Right when uh, um, we were trying to get the podcast going in the sense of uh, for Negative Space. And mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember because of how stuff was going there. I don't even remember. I know we did the acoustic video and that came out. But I don't, did the podcast actually come out? I got to double check. Uh, I think it did. I think so, too. But I'm not. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, well, because I remember we recorded it in the s- sound booth there. Yeah, yeah. I think it came out because yeah. I think it was probably one of the first ones that you released of your podcast. But it? maybe you didn't release it on the same platforms that you have on now. Um, it was all it was all through the same thing. I'm pretty sure it did. Um, I was work- The guy I was working with there was like, some things would get put out way later, and then I was kind of like, why put them out now? Because, like, the event they're sponsoring, yeah, you know I mean, or promoting doesn't exist. But I think, yeah. I think that one was really in point because we had the videos together for that, too. But, um, yeah. what's, uh, what's quarantine been like for you? <laughs> oh, gosh, it's been so weird. Yeah. Um, but, like I was just saying, I mean, I've, it's kind of motivated me to do a bunch of stuff that I wouldn't have otherwise. You know, I think always in the back of my mind, I've thought, oh, it'd be cool to start streaming or yeah. it'd be cool to start like recording demos and doing things. And I just haven't done it. 
and the quarantine uh-huh. kind of forced me into it. So yeah. I have all my streaming set up now. Um, I know you and I have talked about doing restream and yeah, yeah, making it, yeah, making it all look really cool. So I'm working on that, and um, I've started recording in my basement. So I like redone my basement. Nice. I'm trying to do some demos of my songs. I haven't released music in like five years. Yeah, so. I think the last time we talked, though, that was. So the reason I brought that up because with, with a lot of these podcasts, I mean, uh, we've been kind of going over the musical journey of the artist, but we've kind of already did that. So this will be a different type of a. Uh, I got different, yeah. different, a different direction for um, uh, what we'll do. But like, um, with that being said, like at that time, I think. Um, I don't, I think group was group the last thing you put out as far as like, okay, so now, Mm -hmm. now you got something cooking. Um, I I mean, I've been writing songs. There's some songs that I wrote even like before group. Yeah. Um, that I never recorded that people love. So I'm kind of really just trying to catch up on all the backlog of work that I've kind of created for myself over what feels like a decade <laughs> and, you know, put together almost like a, a best of, it's really interesting because with the streaming shows, I've had the opportunity to, um, you know, play some of my songs for my fan base that isn't yeah. necessarily local. Cause you and you overseas at a, at one point and had a, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I've played in Costa Rica a number of times, um, and I traveled actually to France a couple of years ago, but, and I made some friends and connections there, but I didn't really play any shows. I was there for yeah. other purposes. Um, but I was there for a month and met a couple Whoa. really cool musicians. Um, so, but also I'm from Maryland and, uh, I have a lot of connections on the East coast in terms of family and friends and supporters, but where not at, where at Maryland are you from? Uh, Baltimore. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Why your phone number is a Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. So I, a lot of those people haven't really heard my music. They don't really know what I'm up to. They're just yeah. kind of like spiritually supporting me, you know? <laughs> and so it's cool to like actually have an opportunity to connect with some of these people and kind of share a little bit more. And it's motivated me to record more because, Aside from live streaming, I'd really like to start building that up. I've, awesome. I've written so many songs, just haven't recorded them. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, a couple thoughts on that. Like, it's weird how like when you write songs, like, and you, once you get them down to the point you can perform them, you know what I mean? Like, there's there's that place where you just wrote it, and there's that learning period of learning your own song to do it right and execute it the way you want it to. But like. At one point, it becomes like, then I got to record it. Shit. Mm-hmm. And that is a whole nother process of re... That kind of You kind of go back to that relearning it to recording it in a weird way. Like, it becomes this whole, like, a, a kind of a direction, but not the whole map, right? Yeah. And, like, the recording... Recording, it, it's always been so intimidating to me. <laughs> what was that it? process, that part yeah. of the process. I love writing. I love collaborating with people. I love performing, but the recording aspect, I'm not, I, it's just so intimidating. I is, don't know what it is about it. Do you, is it the, the finalizing of, of the thing that it's done type deal? Like it can no longer become better. This is as good as it's going to get quote unquote, 
or is it like the just the like kind of intimately trying to let other people into your brain and I think it's probably a mix of the two yeah yeah I'm kind of like I'm a perfectionist um but I also know that there's so much outside of my own like skill set that goes yeah. into the production. Gotcha. So it's it, it's like this weird thing where I can't always articulate what I want. So I have to hand over so much of it and it just gets really confusing <laughs> and frustrating. It's like, you know, going into a restaurant in another country and like knowing you want to <laughs> pizza and not knowing how to order it and somebody brings you like chicken parmesan you're like i guess i have to have it (laughs) that's a really good analogy of it though wow that's awesome like because that is like when you're like what do you mean you have to turn the bass down i need to hear it more and like no the sine wave and like love it like it's such a it's such a minute thing that i i I appreciate someone that can handle it because i know i can't Mm -hmm. i was actually just talking to uh matt about this which uh, our times got a little fluxed. Um, That's totally cool. Cool, cool. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, but me no. and Matt's been diving into um, self-mixing and self-recording, and that's such an endeavor mm-hmm. because it's like there's one thing to convey yourself and, like, make that uh, expression and, like, and then to try to find a, out how to frame it or how to print out the, how to print out the canvas. You know what I mean? Like... Or even just the there's such the, the science between something like that is so specific and not exciting and it's such a learning curve can be like it's I, I find value in having someone who knows how to do that you know what I mean and entirely like, yeah and there are things that I didn't even know to listen for when like, I was recording yeah like what you know uh, well just it's not until you listen back to the playback of um drums mic'd in with a room mic and drums mic'd individually that you yeah. understand what the difference is going to sound like oh and then yeah. you hear the difference and you're like oh my gosh wow <laughs> like you can so crisply hear like the snare and you can cut in the one and like you can actually hear the walls and it's just really bizarre to like start to open up your senses to a whole different intensity you know, if you aren't ever concentrating on it, I know for me as a musician, or well, I guess as a music listener growing up, yeah. I was really attached to songs um, for like the melody and the storyline and the lyrics and just like really just surface level stuff. And so here I am so many years later. And every time that I get more involved in like some sort of like industry path, it's forced me to like dig deeper as a listener and it's kind of fascinating because I'll listen back to some songs that I was obsessed with when I was like 12 or 13. I'll be like, whoa, like what? <laughs> that's awful. Yeah. But now I'm listening to it more for like the arrangement and like for other purposes. And I have a more mature ear and it's, it's really bizarre. <laughs> no, it makes complete so. sense. And like mm-hmm. I was talking to Liz earlier and we we're talking about how like initially when you first start writing, there's like this creative boom there's like this big bang of a big bang of of creative output you just start writing things and there's no like there's it's almost it's like a naive just like shameless expression and like yeah the more you learn about the craft of even just songwriting or learning songs there's like this kind of self-reflection on like well maybe maybe i'm not done with that one 
Where like when you first start, you're mm-hmm. like, no, I, it's, I, in the song, I hang up the phone and that's the end of the song. Get it? You know what I mean? Like, but the more you learn about things, the more like you start to like see all that goes into it. And like it becomes a more detailed and like um, not as like A and B picture. And you start to appreciate things like the string arrangement and like whatever. Like, yeah. And there are so many times that I've listened to like whole albums. And if you were to ask me what instruments were on the songs, I wouldn't even know. Whoa. <laughs> you know, that's how yeah. it was when I was younger. Like yeah, I yeah. was so, so focused on the melody. Like there were t- like I, it's yeah, I was a very like one, like one direction focused listener yeah. for the longest time. Which so. brings me to my first segment is early records that influenced you earliest record oh which this, okay I this thought you were like, about to talk about my early no record. no 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 like early record that influenced you this is that was a perfect segue you set up for it so like mm-hmm. you're like first because like we didn't really get into specifics as far as like we we outlined your musical journey in the last one but we didn't really get into what kind of brought that about so like if you had to pick one record from maybe oh, like, only one if or it's two or three let's let's label it the three like that initially made that like Gosh. um well see, I, I just like i have such a wide variety yeah of people that have influenced me um but from the, the start, record that i think has stuck with me the longest that actually i've been listening to a lot recently because i think it still holds up yeah. Um, is Corinne Bailey Ray's first album. Yeah. Are you it, familiar with her? No, I'm not. I have to dive in. But. Oh, yeah. She's the one that did like uh, Girl for your record song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm familiar. Song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. So um, I, I listened back to that recently, and then I looked at the producer of her records, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy's done like so many records that I love. Yeah. So, um. <clears throat> It, like for me, it was like very interesting to to think that well, maybe there's something in how he produces us his albums that I'm attracted to. So I started to dive deeper into to that record and kind of listen to what specifically he was doing. Um, and it's interesting; he uses a lot of electric piano, and I use no electric piano. So it's it's kind of like it's funny to to think about that. But I think she's a great songwriter and she has like, she uses cool chords and, um, I've always really admired her as like, kind of like more a modern artist. I mean, a lot of my other influences are older, like, you know, rock from the, the seventies, eighties, nineties, but she's the most modern artist that I really and is it, you know. is it the production, uh, the, the production end that sticks out and makes it still stay relevant with you? Or do you, is it the songwriting? I don't like, know. I mean, I think maybe that album is just so nostalgic for me. Gotcha. Um, and I think, I think her songwriting is also like original. She kind of, she has cool turns of phrases and she sings about, she doesn't just sing about love. She sings about other things, you know? And so, I kind of like that as, um, you know, a listener breaking the cliches and finding other subject matters. So, yeah. Okay. All right. That's a solid, that's a solid record. Mm -hmm. That was a, 
Um, another question, because I thought I saw you do this, um, uh, and I, I thought it was cool because like no one else really has done it yet, or not to no one. I shouldn't say no one else has done it. I'm sure a bunch of people are doing it, but no one else in our friend group have I seen do this yet. Is with the nursing home gig. Oh so, yeah. Um, <laughs> I because uh, like I I that's the I teach and I do nursing home gigs. So I've had one that I've gone back to and have done distantly. And now I mm-hmm. do them a couple times a week. But like, um, and then I saw you were doing, I was like, oh, that's so awesome. Cause you, you were doing a stream. You're like, I'm working on these, these songs. See if you can guess the type of gig. And as soon as you did Buddy Holly, I was like, I know what type of gig you're doing. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, well, you'll have to tell me some good songs to learn. Cause John, yeah. Country Roads. What? Country Roads, Sweet Caroline. Country, oh, okay. Knock out those two. You'll at least one one person will appreciate it, no matter where you go. Are you still okay, doing? Okay, cool. Are you still hitting the same? Yeah, I've yeah? got another one. Sick. The next one I'm supposed to do is next Tuesday, but awesome. um, it looks like there's going to be thunderstorms, so we might push it to later in the week awesome. or the following. <laughs> awesome. And is it just yeah. you, or are you rolling with somebody? Because I saw your like setup was like on this cart, like. <laughs> They have um, they have this battery, like a Dewalt battery, and oh, I like plug my PA idea. into yeah. it, and we just roll the kitchen cart around to every wall. Nice. And so, yeah, but yeah. what I figured out, I think I want to do next time, is to just set it up in my trunk That's of my I've car, because yeah. I'm in the parking lot, and then I can just drive my car to the different sizes. Open building. the trunk, and then you don't have to really about worry about moving mm-hmm. around too much. Now, have you yeah. done a gig like that before? Um, I've never done a nursing home gig before. Okay. No. Mm-mm. Um, I, I had this idea. I don't know if I want to like, gosh. All right. Well, I had an idea of doing a similar gig, gotcha. but not it, specifically for nursing homes. Okay. Well, and I was like, and then I started thinking about it and I was like, wow, that'd be really cool because I know so many people used to have those types of gigs. Yeah. And I was like, kind of not even sure how to like get involved in it and I started doing some research and then just randomly out of the blue my friend my buddy Drew LaPlante connected me with a guy who was looking for an artist sweet it's perfect so it was like oh I've never in my life like manifested anything before yeah (laughs) and I know that like I I don't know I I have a lot of friends that kind of like use that language and they're very (laughs) into like the spiritual like what you put into the world you'll get back and I don't know, but like if there was a moment where I manifested something, this is what it, like, it felt like. <laughs> Namaste away from that. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, I get it. I get. I, I get it. But that's really cool that it, it happened and you got to go do it. And like it's mm-hmm. you can, it, they really appreciate it too. And like the fact that you're doing it again is awesome. And like, yes, I love it so much. And I mean, I learned all these new songs for it. Yeah, and. It actually opened up my eyes to like some cool ideas for songwriting, and I'm just so excited about yeah. it. Like What's I, it? I could see myself doing this like multiple times a week for the rest of my life, and it would just continue to bring me so much joy. Like it was so cool. It's rad. It's definitely a rad gig, <laughs> and like I'm so happy you're doing it. What's something mm-hmm. like that you that songwriting wise opened up to you through it? Oh, just because um, you know, uh, I I was kind of like exploring songs from like multiple eras and I I started to think more critically about like a lot of the standards and the jazz progressions and so for me I I was just kind of 
reconsidering um, different like pro- like song chord progressions and stuff. You know. Oh, okay. So yeah, no, no, definitely that mm-hmm. makes sense. Especially with it's interesting with like older music, like it's more complicated chord progressions. Yeah, especially the like, standards. Yeah, all, definitely. Um, right. And then it, like, there's this break in early rock and roll, and it's all so simple. Yeah. It you just know? became punk rock. They're like, fudge Exactly. So, yeah. It's fun. And I think people treated melody differently back then. You know, they're just like, there's certain things. And I know that as a songwriter, uh, like I, when I moved to Cleveland, I really got involved in the blues scene here. Yeah, and um, I started studying the blues so heavily, and, and I think the blues offers so much in terms of like emotiveness and telling a story. And for me, as a performer, I do get very like invested in the dynamics of a song and the emotion of a song and the purpose of a song. But yeah. um, melodically, the blues can end up being very redundant. Um, and the chord progressions obviously are all based around similar chords. Yeah. Yeah. So taking a break from the blues and going back and studying the standards was really cool for me because I was like, all right, I'm going to challenge myself when I write songs to go in a different direction, you know? That's awesome. No, that's, um, I think it's, it's really well said in that sense too, because the blues, what to me, what's made, you got three chords essentially, give or take a couple turn around like two fives or whatever. Yeah. And like, but the, to get like a little music nerdy, um, it's a dominant chord. So that allows you to do major or minor or put whatever over it. But mm-hmm. there's only that form is still like the blockade of when you, when you can say, or how long you can say a thing. And like, mm-hmm. so there is that it's vast for what you can do melodically, but like, mm-hmm. I guess limited in how long or like, the type of there's limitations to any type of form. So, like, yeah. and then going to the other concept of like, like a two, five, one or like a two, five or two, six, three, four or whatever, like a different type of chord progression is going to lead to new, fresher, like, um, melodic item, uh, uh melodic, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, <laughs> uh, colors, melodic, like, uh, way, ways to be melodically, uh, uh, expressive, that are going to mm-hmm. be more stick out more than they would on a one four five, right? So like, exactly, yeah. And like, so that's that's really cool, and like, it's interesting, like how both I think eventually have the same type of um, form structure that is boxing, but like mm-hmm. can be so expressive in the same way. I don't know. So blues always kind of blows my mind because of that. It's just yeah. But um. That's a bunch, and no one else is going to get that. And this is the part they're going to skip five seconds. I promise through. you, every a lot of people will get it. <laughs> but um, oh, that's so cool. Um, you, I kind of I'll bug you about it before you you hop off here with what that other gig or, or what that gig originally was, because like I think, okay. um, I think with, with sorry my phone was falling. I think with like um, all this like kind of limitation of not being able to do things like the quarantine limitation is leading to a lot of innovation in other ways. Like, um, yeah. And like, and is bringing people into these spots or or into these situations that are maybe were uncomfortable at one time and are like, um, uh, now like opening new doors, like for you, like that type of gig. Mm -hmm. So next segment. Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> not as smooth, <laughs> as, not as smooth as a transition. But if you had to pick between either doing one thing or the other thing forever, <laughs> what would it be? Would you rather? Because I know you've done like you've done a few like wine gigs, wine winery gigs. Do you do what's the spot? I think you play it in Akron. Um, the Wolf Creek. The Wolf Creek. That's a yeah, a tavern inside. Would you rather do an that type of gig, or would you rather do a cart around a nursing home type of gig? Like it, it's an infinite nursing home; it never ends. You just you're carting forever, or <laughs> oh, <no>. or <laughs> or or a happy ever is never reached at the wine gig, <laughs> but. It can be like, it can oh, be for eternity. Like, well, I mean, maybe not. Because it sounds like, like you're pushing like the the boundary between like enjoying your work and doing what you love to like uh, this becomes your torture and you're stuck in limbo <laughs> on your way to hell. <laughs> okay, maybe not like it's an endless like an endless gig, but it's like if you had to only do one or the other. <laughs> What would your takeaway be for why you choose one over the other? Or would you just be like, you know what? I like painting. <laughs> I'm the most indecisive human being alive, you know, and I, I, I can yeah. stare at like a food menu that has one item on it and still not know what I want to order. <laughs> um, so I don't know. This is a hard one. I think <laughs> I know that's why I thought it'd be a funny segment. <laughs> yeah, you're so hilarious, babe. <laughs> uh, I, I to be honest, I'd be in a tough situation, but uh, yeah. I'll tell you my answer after you tell me yours. <laughs> um, I think. <laughs> Gosh, dang uh, it! No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, mercy okay so i think i think i would pick the nursing home gig me too and um <laughs> i uh, for a couple of reasons one um it just it feels like it the elevation is so much higher because like they're stuck yeah and they the the, the joy that it brings them is just like magical and what's cool about that, even if it wasn't like quarantine time, mm-hmm. the majority of that would still be there. Maybe not everybody. Maybe this yeah. is a little more ecstatic because of the, 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 it's not every week. But like, I agree with that for that sense. Like your audience is much more appreciative of, of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And like. So, yeah, I think I would pick that. I, I think the interesting side of it is. 22 year old me like I don't know if she would have made the same choice I feel like um well yeah 22 year old anybody would have made a different choice for sure and like yeah and if 22 year old Taylor wouldn't have made a different choice by now I feel like there'd definitely be some type of growing mentally or some type of a experience gaining that this age of Taylor now (laughs) who didn't you know what I mean or like yeah like uh um, just through experience, like of doing certain type of things, there's like a there's a concept of play, being the bar musician or the wine musician or like the the gigging musician, and there's like this rose tinted view that is the, per, the image is projected through and how we perceive it, right? But like yeah. um, the actuality of it might be a little different, and like so I, I don't know. I agree with you. I think that it's a way more fulfilling gig, and like 
even just like even practically like usually those are an hour you know what i mean yeah and like the wine gig like it's three to four <laughs> like and it's uh-huh. later you know what I mean? it's later the thing is sometimes the like the the wine gigs pay more you know yeah well you, um, you're doing more work to some degree exactly you're doing more work and i don't know i'm i've i would always take a pay cut to do something i enjoy doing more you know that's kind of where i stand on things Uh, do you think 22 year old taylor would have said that or (laughs) i feel she would have i think that's like yeah i think so i think most gosh i i (laughs) yes a hundred percent i know because i quit a very well-paying job. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, I, <laughs> I could be living in a, you know, a huge house in Houston, Texas right now with a nice little white picket fence working really? in the oil and gas industry, but here I am. <laughs> really? Cleveland. You were going to work yeah. in the oil and gas? What was that about? What was that? Doing? That was my first job out of college. I was... Yeah? Doing the what? director of marketing at a water remediation oh, okay. firm yeah. that relocated to Houston, Texas, and they were going to ship me down there. And yeah. I was set for life at 22 if I wanted to Damn. be a pencil pusher. But yeah, <laughs> but you're not a nerd. No, <laughs> I'm a total nerd. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. No, that's that's you know, maybe we did touch upon that a little bit, but like. No offense to anyone who who does marketing. You're not a nerd. I'm not trying to. <laughs> it's a bit. Yeah, I mean, you um, do marketing. I know. We're doing this right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is marketing. Yeah. Uh, but wow. Well, I mean, you got your own place now. Let uh, you got your own yeah. house now. It, maybe it doesn't have a fence. I don't know. But uh, it doesn't. I need one. My dog keeps running away. Really? That's <laughs> yeah. terrifying. Uh, he's he's a brat. No. <laughs> Um, another segment that me and Cody, so what I've been doing podcast wise is I've been doing interviews with a artist one-on-one and then me and Cody, my bass player do like a segment show where it's like, okay, and that's kind of what I'm doing here is a solo segment show with you. Um, Mm -hmm. and Cody usually takes a minute to share some live streams he's, uh, been following and enjoying and wants other people to enjoy. Um, has there been a streamage? streamage yeah any streamage that you've been uh as far as as far as like um putting so, uh producing because you do your own but like yeah if- well the person that's been like the most helpful to me so far i, I feel like everybody has like been talking about him but ben gage like yeah, he's sure. awesome i'm doing his show this uh week live with um Aren't you, but he's he's like a he he kind of was the pioneer of using restream and like doing all the things that he's done yeah. and i find myself just like copying him <laughs> cuz he's so good at it yeah. um and he also has a consistent schedule i think schedule is like really important in terms of success um Sean Brewster his morning yeah uh podcast radio in the brew. show yeah I have to tell you, the first time that I tuned into that, I was emotional because yeah. <laughs> I've just, yeah, I quarantine is lonely and it's really weird to not feel a purpose like waking up in the morning. And I 
you know, tuned in before I usually would be out of bed. And I was like, I have a purpose. I have somebody I'm connecting with. And this is so awesome. You know, and I just, I really think what he's doing is super cool. And um, the community needs it. So I think that's really well said. And like, that's a, that's a great point to bring up, like the importance of schedule and how like that's been disrupted with everyone's like routine. Like, the schedule yeah. is almost arbitrary now. Like the only mm-hmm. like real reason we is because we happen to say this is happening then. And like, but now that everything's kind of lucrative of when you can do it and a lot of people are working from home and that's like, well, I guess when I wake up, I get to that email. It's not that urgent. Like, so to kind of have that like need to be on it and like to know something's going to happen when kind of brings back that sensibility of, stability like that sensibility of something stable you know what i mean yeah and like um what's really cool about what sean's doing is like he's sharing his friends you know and yeah it's not selfish at all like he's so he's so genuinely invested in everybody in this community and actually like just loves music yeah and he brings it's just so joyful like i i see him get giddy about something and i'm like it just it's contagious And it's awesome to be able to wake up and have that type of like friendly, happy energy, you know, start me off on my day. So I very much enjoyed that. Likewise. And Ben's the same way, too. He helps everyone out and he gets uh, he gets everyone engaged, pun intended. Mm -hmm. Why isn't that? Why isn't that the thing? (gasps) You should fix that too. Ben engaged with gay. I don't know. Uh, Engaged sessions. Capital. Well, it's going to start. Everybody's going to think it's like a wedding. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People will be like, whoa, (laughs) the streaming is getting a streamy, steamy stream. Um, uh, But he's Ben's always gone out as if you had any type of question for streamage. Yeah. Like when I was doing the negative space thing, which thank you again for doing that so much. Um, Of course. And like it was thanks to you guys and everyone that helped out. Like they went over like 5,000. You know, what? I'm so happy for Gotti because he's the nicest guy, and you know, if I'm not trying to be a jerk, but the reason all this scheduling today got thrown off a bit is because Gotti called me. <laughs> like, I'm not surprised. Not at all. <laughs> and like we got this meeting in the morning that we got to figure out. So like for uh, their summer classes, I guess they're going to try to do them digitally. And um, yeah, yeah. And like, uh, which is sick. It's still happening. Um but that that's being, very cool. Yeah, because for the longest time that was not even an option. And so the fact that they're even taking the 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 time to do it or consider how the, it could be done is cool. But mm-hmm. Ben, like even within that, Ben was helping out everybody. He made Zoom meetings for like Dylan, Stewart, and uh, whoever else to try to help them with their rig and like um, I and he's like how you're saying too. He's on a consecutive schedule. He does like I think two a week, right? Yeah, he has his, he's opening it up too. Um, So he has his Monday gauge and dunk. He and his roommate play like their sets together, um, kind of what they would be doing if they still had their shows. And then Thursdays, he's doing his live with series. So he'll pre-record three original songs and then have like a on-screen songwriting talk and then watch the songs. And he's got his little dog in the corner, Odie and... Um, but he's, he's really trying to open it up into like a whole 
week long thing of programming. Um, and he has such a cool vision where he, it's not just about him, just like Sean. Um, so this past Sunday he did his first, um, uh, like on scene, um, thing where he went to a church and, uh, David Mayfield was playing with, oh shit, what's his name? Oh, I'm so, I'm so bad. I can't remember the name of the guy he was David playing Mayfield. with. Um, um, were, you, were you in a church? I thought I saw a video of you like in a church. Yeah. So that's were what we too? shot. Okay. We, no, it was a different church. Okay. <laughs> we shot our video for, um, my live with session at the community, um, the, of the greenhouse, the Cleveland greenhouse community partners i think that's the name of it there's a ch- abandoned church in east cleveland and that's where we shot my videos cool because it rained the day yeah. um that we shot usually he's he goes to a park gotcha. but instead we had to find something with cover that, well, so an abandoned church it was that's even cooler no offense no offense yeah. to the park but abandoned church is way cooler that's yeah. that's super cool and like so with the live with which you're about to do here in a little bit right or sound check mm-hmm. for is that you're going to pre-record the songs where you are and so we shot them yeah at the church oh okay now you know? you're recording so the discussion mm-hmm. oh, so okay. we're okay, what, okay. what i'm doing after my interview with you is i'm gonna get on with uh ben on skype and we're just gonna do a test run to make sure that my at home interface is gonna sync up and cool. we don't have any glitches for the interview part gotcha Gotcha. So we'll have the pre-recorded songs, and then we'll do a interview live. Sweet, that's gonna be awesome. Songwriting chat. When uh, when when's that gonna drop? Sunday. Thursday. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Eight p.m. Eight p.m. Sweet. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think we'll put this out a little bit before your virtual shows show. Um, mm-hmm. Which have you? Uh, you've tuned into one of those before, right? Yeah, I've. Uh, I've gone to a number of them. They're awesome. Um, I'm so excited that Michelle's been able to do this. Um, and the whole team that's been like helping her and bright signed on. It's, it's really cool. Um, and I'm incredibly excited to be part of it. So that's awesome. And you're doing, Mm -hmm. I believe your virtual show is May 31st. 29th. 29th? 29th. I'm the, yeah, I'm the Friday show. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay, cool. With Angela Pearly and Bob Frank. Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. Because, like, when yeah. I, was, I got the schedule, and, like, when I look at the schedule, it's all fried on my phone. So, I like, I, I can see the names, but I got to, like, go, like, swipe it, like, 15 feet to the right and then back to the left. Yeah. And be like, wait, who is that? But, mm-hmm. um. So, Liz is the 21st, and I don't know, is Matt not the following week? Yeah. Matt Moody? Okay. I think for some reason I thought you guys were all in the same show. I'm like, wow, I can't believe I got an interview from everybody from one night. This whole time I've been interviewing. That would have been a killer lineup. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, this is sick. But now, yeah. now I don't know. I got to like, but um, that being said, um, I'm going to let you go because I know we're getting close to um, your uh, your check-in time. Um, is there anything you want to plug like when maybe uh, – this uh, record that's being made in the basement as you speak, right? Or is I know. A, can you hear it? Not at, no, not at all. Um, I just know okay. about it because you told me about it. Um, but uh, but it, that is being made as we speak. Um, is there any uh, site of when we might be able to hear anything from it? 
Oh gosh. You I'm so you know, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> it's kind of just uh it'll come together when it comes together kind of thing. Gotcha. Um oh. like I've said earlier, recording is so intimidating to me and I'm a perfectionist, so maybe it'll be ready in a hundred years. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to guess a little sooner than 100 years. By the time but. that I live in the nursing homes, I sing it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just put out a new thing on that old app, Spotify. People will be like, what's, what's an app? What's a, Yeah, what's an app? Oh, man, I just turn I on my... we all telepathically communicate. <laughs> yeah, I just turn on my Google brain and I download music and I learned everything I need to know this year. What? <laughs> um... Cool beans. Uh, any um, st- well, another thing I wanted to before we wrap it up uh, through streaming for your um, for, I know uh, uh, it's been quarantine brain, Taylor. Um, it's okay, my brain doesn't work either. <laughs> through streaming, you said you kind of gained insight on some of your music that works, or you know what I mean? There's some some songs that carry more than others that you are using in this recording process. Um, oh, like it's feedback on what songs people like. Yeah, yeah, especially with people from uh, Baltimore, like that haven't got to see you, and from. So I, my, uh, my... I think I was more saying that I've written so many songs and never recorded them uh, that okay. like people just haven't even heard me. They gotcha. don't know what I write. They're like always cheering me on because they're my friends and family, but they they don't know what they don't know what they're oh, okay, cheering okay. on. You gotcha. know, and now they finally have a chance to. <laughs> You know? Yeah, I know what you mean. I was my my pet, my question was gonna be what specific thing did you notice? Like, did they like the bluesier ones or whatever? But okay, cool, cool. I think people tend to like my bluesier songs. Um, that is a thing. But then there's this other song that um, has always gotten a lot of love, which is kind of crazy because I didn't intend to ever play it yeah. or have it be a public song i just wrote it for my family i call it the family song it doesn't even have a real name and um people love that song and it's just so simple like the lyrics it is just like so simple the chords are so simple it's like just very pure and simple that's all it is and people people love it so i've started to play it more often that's that's awesome. That's kind of me and Matt were kind of talking about that actually, which is weird. Like how like something that can be a can boil down the rest of the complexities and have one message be conveyed. That's on a like on a simple platform on a simple uh, canvas or whatever may carry more and may be more uh, impactful than something that's layered. Yeah, um, <laughs> and I, it, it's bizarre because I I have had a lot of really positive feedback from that song and it's just always to me just been like oh this was like a sweet little thing that I did for my parents you know like it was just supposed to be like that's all it was ever supposed to be but people love it that's awesome and maybe we can hear them the future recordings yeah cliffhanger but cool beans Taylor well thanks for hanging out with me um is there anything else you want to plug before we uh I don't know. Are you doing anything cool, Dave? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'll plug you. <laughs> it's all good. I appreciate it. All right. I'm going to. Okay. Um, 